Hi, I'm Claudio Poses, artist for Dungeons and Dragons and The Witcher RPG, and you're listening to Moro's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk. This week, Peter and Jessica talk about the winners of the 2023 Emmy Awards. In the news, Dungeons and Dragons has an AI art controversy, the Unearthed Arcana playtest survey results are in, Gen Con is coming on and we have all the updates, the Shadow of the Weird Wizard Kickstarter launches, and more! Plus, a new version of a classic sketch about new class options in Burrows and Barrows. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk. I, Malik the Maleficent, have seen fit to sponsor this pitiful podcast myself. As you know, Malik the Maleficent, who is me, is the most powerful, excellent, and handsome wizard in all the land. He is guaranteed to be 100% better than that Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe, and not at all genocidal. Malik the Maleficent, for a better tomorrow. Briefly. The tabletop roleplay news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, hello, hello. This is Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. Hi, uh, I'm Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild Roleplayers. As ever, delighted to be on this amazing podcast. And here with me is an empty chair and also Jessica Hancock. But yeah. I, I don't really know where I'm going with this because I'm supposed to have an introduction for you, which is to bang on about how awesome you are. But that seems like kind of a bit hype man-esque in the absence okay. of uh, Morris. Fair enough. But yes, I, Je- Jessica is also here. Woo. There we go. What a great intro. <laughs> and Jess was here too. Yay! <laughs> also, Jess was present. Yay. So yes, I feel like we are naughty school children being put in charge of like the podcast <laughs> this week because Russ is not here, which we've done before. So I think this is going to be a great episode. Yeah. I'm sure everyone's excited. I know I'm excited. I feel like yeah. I've been given the keys to the banana plantation. Woohoo! Yeah, Russ is not here because... He had some minor surgery because he had an accidental decapitation event, but we'll be back next week. I, I hear he was fat swift on the road to recovery. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But anyway, in the meantime, we're going to have fun. Yeah! You know, doing, what, doing whatever we want. And you know what I want to do this week, Peter? Is it plan to take over the world? No. Oh. I, I would like to talk about the things that happened in this week in the TTRPG space. The TTRPG news, if you will. Oh, well, actually, that also sounds quite... Co- I mean, if you're sure you don't want to plan taking out the world. And boy, some things did happen. Yes. Oh, do, you want me to ta- do you want me to tell you about things? I'll, well, I mean, I'm down with I this. know one, one thing you already know about mm. is the controversy from Wizards of the Coast. Because uh, <laughs> this is a... Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, oh I feel so... I, I almost feel bad for them. It's like, I sort of almost feel bad. Yeah. But uh, I feel bad yes. for the design team. It, it, I, it, I do, it, yes. It's detracting from the glory of their giant book. Exactly. So Bigby's Bumper Book of Big Boys give it its proper name. Exactly. Yeah. So the official name Bigby's Bumper Book of Big Boys, yeah. or as Wizards of the Coast call it, uh, Bigby Presents Glory of the Giants. So that's coming out soon that, that we all we've been we've been talking about. But this week there's had a bit of controversy talking about algorithmic image generation software mm. or AI art as we talk about it. And a couple of weeks ago you and Russ talked about AI yes. art. So we've you can go back and listen to to all that and why it's controversial there. But pretty mm. much the summary is uh, a freelance artist, uh, Isla Sh- Skip- Skipin. How oh. do I say it? 
Do you know what I said the name? I apologize if I pronounced that yeah. name wrong because that's not cool. But um, anyway, so one of the freelance artists that worked on the book did an interview back in December 22 when they were talking about their process for creating art and they talked about that they used AI in their workflow. Mm-hmm. And so a few people noticed this and were like, hey, did they do that for Glory of the Giants? Because Wizards of the Coast said they, they don't do AI art. So a lot of people were kind of talked about that. Mm-hmm. Another illustrator, April Prime, uh, expressed concerns that her artwork was used um, in this artist's other work because they were going to be working on the project but then pulled out and they had concerns that some of their ideas were used and mm-hmm. things like that. So there's been a whole thing going on with that. And pretty much the summary is that Wizards came out and said okay, we weren't aware that AI artwork was used in this in this product that we that we commissioned from somebody. It turns out it has been. Mm. It was used to kind of like zhuzh it up, which is not the technical term. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, it's a bit weird because you sort of have like a giant with uh, the end of the blade. It looks a bit like a face, which is, I guess, a choice. But I don't know. I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's just like what's going to happen when you use AI. It puts faces yeah. in things. It doesn't know what a face is. It knows people like them, though. But there you go. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so there's some pieces of artwork that have been judged uh, with AI. Um, and Wizard said, look, we didn't know this was happening. So we've spoken to the artist that did that and said, please don't do that anymore. And they're revising their protest and artist guidelines to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Yeah. I, I mean, in fairness, this, this book's probably been well in production, like in late 2022. So. Oh, yeah. E- easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I imagine they've probably been a bit distracted. Uh, at the start with events at the start of this year <laughs> with other controversies I, I i i i mean i don't know how they keep track i, I mean i can better keep track <laughs> well we they should... keep track with the oh. news and controversies by listening to morris's unofficial tabletop rpg top podcast oh, interesting i was just yes. gonna go with something like taking a little counter on my website with days since the last was the coast controversy oh um, well. i could just use a static image it'd be fine Alleged, maybe. Just put the word alleged in, so it would be... Um... That's my website. I can say what I like. You know? That's controversy. Well, just, I don't want you to get sued, man. You know, it just would be... Getting sued would not be fun for anybody. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. so pretty much, that was a controversy. So, And I think that's a fair response from Wizards. I mean, yeah. what else can you do? They're like, sorry, we didn't know. Now that we know, we've spoken to the person that did it, and we're going to change our policy so it doesn't happen again. And that's... I don't know what else you'd want them to do, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, not do it again. Which, yeah, which, which is what they've said. Yeah, yeah, which is what they've said they've done. So now all you yeah. need them to do is to not do it again, which you'd think would be a nice, easy preposition. Proposition, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we'll, we're the only way we can tell is uh, waiting and seeing. <laughs> yeah, or working on that time machine some more. Woo! But the Onion weighed in on it, the satirical newspaper. Um, oh, so okay. They talked about it. And they a quote from it said, the only emotionless beings that should be creating D&D art are its fans. Uh, so that was quite oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that made me giggle that it was uh, that it got out into kind of mainstream a bit. That that was funny. But yeah, so that was that was the controversy from Wizards of the Coast this week. Yep. Fair they also did. They also did other things. If we do, we want to stay on Wizards of the Coast. Uh, I mean, if we have to. I mean, uh, it's news we should report because this is yeah. about the Unearthed Arcana. The Playtest Five survey results. Oh, okay, that's quite interesting. Let's go so, with that. So, yeah. so yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Have you had, have you had a look at it yet? I tried to click through on the Ian World website, and then a shiny uh, thing fluttered by, and I didn't. And okay, I, I lost track. That's fine. Well, there is a video linked on the Ian World site, which yeah. is about twenty-six minutes. Oh, so if you want dear Lord, to sit twenty-six yeah. minutes, no, yeah, but I'm not no, but that. if you're 
if you okay fine i was gonna say if you're very invested you can of course go watch that but if you don't yeah. want to sit for 26 minutes and hey. watch the video <laughs> I'll give you a little summary about it now. I'll give you like the top line bullet points. So one of the things that I remember is, so Wizard of the Coast, they do like kind of satisfaction scores and percentages for different things. And anything that's below 70% satisfaction, they're like, oh, we need to work on this. Anything below 60, they're like, wow, we need to throw this in the bin and start again. So that's their like, that's their measure. Just because I'm going to, I'm going to give you some stats when I talk about this. Oh, Um, I'll offer the bit of stats, mate. Go on. I know, we love the data. We love the data. Um, yeah. So, weapon mastery. So, yes. remember we're talking about that, all the different bits and pieces. That scored 80%. Yes, yes. So, people were like, yeah, we like this. So, they're definitely putting the weapon mastery bits in because everyone was like, we love it. Yes. And they are going to do, in the Unearthed Arcana Playtest 7, more information on weapons mastery. I, I thought it was a really good idea yeah. and uh, did an advanced version myself. Uh, in part oh, based on your feedback back about it. But, yeah. Sat. Yeah, exactly, Sat. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> well, I was like, what? no, that's a fair point, actually. Jessica Jessica does make a good point. Sap should do something like that. So, yeah. What what, what, what book is that in? Just so I can oh, uh, that's just a free download, Advanced Weapon Mastery. It's really cool, actually. If you look at, nice. if you search in um, Drive for RPG and just do Advanced Weapon Mastery, it comes straight up. It's like, well, the top weapons, so, well, the top things. Nice. So, I'm okay. pretty, pretty pleased about and that. It's, and it's free. I'll go grab that later. It, it is a good price. The layout is not the best because it was 10 pages and I am not a layout person. I'm not a graphic designer, but I've done my best. Um, well, that's fine. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're and welcome. it's for free. So if people complain about it, they can have a 100% refund. Price is very competitive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so Weapon Mastery uh, that we saw in the Playtest 5 packet that we that we talked about in some previous episodes, yeah. people kind of liked it and so that's kind of going ahead but there will be some tweaks coming in playtest oh. so they also did some classes like the barbarian the fighter the sorcerer the warlock oh. and the wizard yeah so we're going through people's feedback for that so the barbarian class got a 77 percent satisfaction rate so oh, nice. most of the features had over 80 percent yes and this is a lot better because yeah. the berserker subclass before had like under 30 percent satisfaction oh. um the path of the yes. path of the berserker yeah, oh, and now it got yeah. 84%. That, well, I mean, a large part of that's going to be they said, hey, you know what, why don't we make your character playable? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a large part <laughs> of the reason why you want to play a Berserker is because you want to be able to hit things more often because that was their deal. They could use a bonus yeah. action. Unfortunately, if they did that, they gained a level of exhaustion and exhaustion is very punishing, especially if you have more than one fight per long rest. Exactly. Which many people do, so yeah, there you go. Well, yeah, if you're on a dungeon crawl or something, that is... Yeah. Yeah. People prefer this version of the Berserker, um, especially the Path of Berserker subclass. Um, had a high but, well, 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 technically it's the Barbarian that they prefer, because the, the Barbarian is the advanced resolution term. Sorry to be... The path, no, 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 the subclass, they, the Path of the Berserker. Berserker. Yes. There, no, there's a, there's a subclass, yes, the Barbarian is. subclass called Path of the Berserker, yes. and that's the subclass I'm talking about, yes. which had the, yeah. Okay, so they like the Path of the Berserker subclass, and the whole barbarian class as a whole, they also approved of? Correct. Marvelous. Correct. Nice. Anyway, fighters. I'm Ooh. going to be playing a fighter for the first time in... Oh, yeah. Because I'm going to play a D&D 5th edition game, which I haven't for years oh, now. Okay. Uh, somebody invited me to, so I'm looking to Ooh. play a fighter for the first time. Yeah. Um, so I don't know a huge amount about it, but the new versions in the playtest got a 75% overall for the class and had over 80% for individual different class features and things. Nice. So, a lot, before people had issues with the champion subclass, I, don't, I can't remember the details of that one. Well, the champion subclass originally was supposed to be like sort of an on ramp to playing D anD D. So it's it it's fun, but it is mm. very very basic. Like your third your like third level subclass feature is you mm. get to crit on a nineteen plus. 
Right. That's fun. Yeah, that's anyway. It. But it, I mean, it's fun to critter. It is fun critting. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I myself like any chance I have to try and make. I, I will actually play champions quite happily because I like critting. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, but it was. It's quite. It's quite basic. So I think they jazzed it up, and now it's better. Yes. So the previous playtest, they had like fifty four percent. So everyone Ooh. had a similar response to that. They're like, eh. And so the new, uh, the new. The updated version from Playtest Packet 5 has got 74% approval. Um, so nice. people tend to like, so the class doesn't just utilize new weapon mastery skills. I think yeah. the weapon mastery really helps the class. Yes. But also it has the most options for weapon mastery as well. Yeah. So that makes it feel like I'm a fighter. This is what I specialize Ooh. in. So that I think that's Ooh. why a lot of people really like the updated iteration. I mean, Because that combo with weapons mastery really helps. So the fighter, people prefer it now. And I think that's hugely down to the weapons mastery being like a big part of the fighter in the... In the new Unearthed Arcana. So we have, we're moving into magic now. Oh. So the Sorcerer. Yes. People like, it's it's okay now. Like, so so it was like at 60%. It's gone up to 70% with the new mm-hmm. version. So it's still yeah. relatively controversial. About three in ten yeah. people don't like it very much. Okay. Yeah, so. I think basically players are, like, the feedback says that players prefer to have classes have their own unique spell lists opposed to yes. the more okay. generic thing. Yep. And so that's kind of still the same feedback that's coming through. Yeah. So they're, they're going to come back to the Sorcerer and tweak other stuff and mm. see new things. Um, so they're good looking to go back to unlocking subclass features at levels unique to each class instead of standardizing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so things like that are happening, which might make the Sorcerer a bit better. I've not played a Sorcerer myself, so I'm not as... I, okay. I don't... I don't. I haven't done one in Advanced Edition. I know in 5th Edition, I always consider it magic user on hard mode because of the meta magic feats because if you're because mm-hmm. essentially you get less spells known so you've got you you have to really know all your magic things to make sure that your meta magic works with it because they change what it what your magic spells do and if yeah. you don't know it well you choose the wrong spells you've got some spells that are just like you've got le- less spells and it's yeah. like that's good so yeah um, i mean they're good i, I enjoy yeah. them but they are harder i would say than like a bard which would be probably the oh, comparison. Yeah. Do you know that's why I haven't played a sorcerer? I looked at it, I was like, this looks like I need to do homework to play this game, and I very, do not I, wish I, to do so. I, 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 can't, I cannot fault you on your analysis. Yes. Yeah. I would say that uh, I, I, I know I would have to do homework to play a sorcerer. Um, yeah. And yeah, um, I mean, it's fine. I, I played yeah. one, it was, it was definitely fun. I had yeah, fun yeah. playing around with the uh, thing. But um, I'd say Bard or Warlock are like a lot more accessible has spellcasters and they're all pretty much balanced so yeah why not speaking of magical sugar daddies oh yes magical sugar daddies Cleric? people didn't like the warlock they didn't like the warlock okay um, no i'm struggling to remember <laughs> so the so basically there was a more so the new one had a more of a standard spellcasting ability opposed to mm. uh, packed magic and people oh, were like yeah zero out of ten we do not like this no I mean you're you're taking what makes the warlock awesome which is yes. the slots recharging short rest and say nah we'll check it yeah uh, and everyone was like please don't do that and wizards went fair enough uh, so they're bringing back packed magic in the next playtest yes so. Yeah, that's I, I, that's all I've got to say on the warlock. Pretty much, that's that's what's happening. I, I, I mean, the warlock has definitely been one of the more interesting classes in D anD D for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's a shame they basically only redesigned it to about level ten, because after that they're like, okay, well, that unique feature that we had, which is the rechargeable mm-hmm. spell slots, that will stop working. That just caps out now, and from now on, to keep the spell progression, you get a, like a mystic arcanum, which is basically a fancy name for a spell slot. Yeah. 
Sure. I've not played a warlock above level 10, but I, I really like warlocks because of the role-playing opportunities you yes. have, because you can have a really interesting relationship with your patron. And yes. that could be that could be anything. Yes. You could be like having a really powerful god that you're stealing a bit of magic from because they don't know you're doing it, or you know, uh, or it could be like some a magical sugar daddy situation if you wish. You know, it could, it could be anything. And I just it, think there's it, it great role-playing options It could be that's an that. awesome sword that you just get on really well with. Yes. That, that is a legit... Well, that, well, I don't know why you're laughing. That's a legit patron. So. No, I'm la- no, I'm laughing because one of my friends, we had a game where they, they played a, a walk with this site, site thing and they, they, there ended up being this line in the plot where they ended up going, guys, I, I think I'm a sword. <laughs> and it was just a funny moment that came back to me in that, in that moment because they were like a reincarnation of this sword. Ooh. It was a weird... It worked. It was, and, but yeah. it was a funny. It was a funny character support. growth. It's good. I like it. It's yeah. a, it was a funny moment of being like, I think I'm a sword. Um, but anyway, it stands out as one of a good fun role play moment because they said it so sincerely, and it was the most ridiculous oh. thing to say. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so warlock pack magic back. Boom, we love it. Uh, last thing I'm going to talk about the wizard, uh, which yes. got a mixed reception. Yes. So overall, it got like seventy percent satisfaction rating, oh, which is like. You know, yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's, it's, okay. it's at the limit of them looking to change it. Yeah. So they are going to go back and tweak it because I think they want it to be. So I think the core of it's not going to change, but they're just going to do tweaks to make it a bit better. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the things I like from probably way back in the second edition was each school of magic. You got like a, you could choose like a favored one and then that blocked you from taking in the first school of magic. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's got interesting choices written all over it. But yeah. Um, yeah. And they also I can't think... work out where to put healing magic. <laughs> It, that just goes yeah. to lots of places. <laughs> I mean, yes. Well, one of the things yeah. is that wizards should be the best at arcane magic. Yes. Out of all the classes. Yes. And if we share all the spell lists with all the other arcane casters, what then makes they're them special? not. Yeah. I, so that's I, kind I, of the I, issue that came. That's what came through in the feedback. I, I, I mean, sure. Like, they've got utility spells which they can cast without mm-hmm. preparing them, uh, as opposed to taking them as spells known mm-hmm. or having to prepare them. And that is yeah. actually a lot of extra utility spells because, like, I don't know about you, but if the wizard can learn, I forgot the name, was it Tiny Hurt? Magic Hurt? Somebody's Tiny Hurt? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. T- yes, yeah. yeah, Tiny Hurt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it one case? Tiny hurt? I can't remember. But basically, if you remember the Tiny Hurt spell, has yeah. a, if you can learn that as the wizard, then the bard taking it is pointless because the bard mm-hmm. can ritual cast it, sure, which saves the spell slot, great. Mm-hmm. But the wizard didn't have to prepare it. They can have it and they just know it and they can cast it. But they can also have spells prepared for something else. So, you know, mm-hmm. and that is, that is a fairly, it gives you like a lot more general apl- applicability. Sort of like the opposite end of the thing from the sorcerer. Like the sorcerer, you build very specifically to be a finely honed tool to do mm-hmm. that job. And you'll be pretty damn good at that job. Whereas with it's just like, you just, I'll, I'll just learn some spells then. Hey, eh? how about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got but spells. Anyway. What are you going to do? I could do everything with spells. What about it? Well, okay. yeah, because they're wizard. a wizard. Yeah, <laughs> I wizard. know, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I just find it, for me, I dislike it because it makes them very flavourless. But Fair enough. You're like uh, a flavourful wizard. Um, I, uh, 13th Age Wizards are very flavourful flavorful because of the versatility mm-hmm. utility spells, but uh, I feel it's getting off the subject. It is getting off the subject because yes. we were talking about the Unearthed Arcana yes. feedback, survey results. Uh, but now I'm done. Okay. That is everything I had to say about that. I okay. don't have anything to add. Uh, what about the Unearthed Arcana, which I have not... Unearthed the Room? Yes. Which I have not read. No. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any 
unfounded opinions or feelings that are not based off, you know, data or insights, but just your general gut feeling, because that is something people do these days. So are they a thing based off vibes? Um, yeah. I am a bit disappointed that they can't take the changes farther, but, you know, it's not my company, so they probably shouldn't listen to me. Imagine it was. What a plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> All along. Nah. Yeah, I, I certainly would be living in Shirley and Southampton if this uh, the case. Anyway. <laughs> yes, true. Yeah. I do have a tiny bit more D&D news. Oh, yeah. Or do you want to, should we, do you want to break it up and talk about something else? How tiny is it? Is it bite-sized? Is it, it is bite size. It yeah, is like, uh, yeah, okay. So it's, it's, and it's folded in the ICV2 industry reports. Oh, exciting. Yes. So we got the reports on the tabletop. So they do reports on the tabletop gaming industry and we got the data through for spring of 2023 this year. Mm-hmm. And I was interested in this because I was like, oh, I wonder what impact the OGL is going to have on the business long term. Because I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people have forgotten about it or don't care about it or enough people aren't worried about it that it's not going to hurt D&D ultimately. Mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of was right <laughs> because, yeah. like, so... I, I mean, it, it was barely a blip. Like, for yes. us, people who care deeply about RPGs, which yeah. I'm afraid does include you, sorry, um, and the listeners mm-hmm. of our podcast, this was a major thing. For everyone else, it's like, was there some sort of problem? Okay, it, they appear to have stopped... Ranting all about it. Oh, look, a D&D movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sales for the quarter were down yeah. a bit. Yeah. They were down by 11%. Yeah. And that, but that was just digital sales. Yeah. So maybe that's people that are hard into it, you know. And they blamed it on the magic, uh, the gathering release timing. So that was like sure. that. Um, but uh, D&D sales uh, were up for the quarter outside of digital. So overall, mm-hmm. they were up on the quarter. And they had 2 million new users registered for D&D Beyond in the first half of the year as well. Ooh. So the D&D Beyond kind of grew. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. D&D continues to be an insufferable multi, multi-billion power, multi-billion dollar Goliath um, uh, juggernaut, sorry, not Goliath, uh, destroying all before it and uh, making lots of money. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, so really. I mean, um, but- like, man, dog bites man. <laughs> <laughs> But interestingly, the name, yeah. the headline on the report that I see V2 put is OGL Misstep Shakes Up the RPG Business. But like the data showed it didn't. And I was like, interesting. Because mm. also, if you look at the top five role playing games for spring 2023, mm. it's the same as it always is. So, yeah. first, biggest sales is D&D, Wizards yeah. of the Coast. Second, Pathfinder. Yeah. And then the next three to five are kind of different flavor of the months. And yeah. so, in third place, we have Avatar Legends RPG. Yeah. Fourth, Vampire the Masquerade fifth dark souls rpg oh, okay. so that was that was the ones this time oh. so it was interesting that the title is like oh is it shakes up the rpg business but it was like i don't feel it has a shake-up would be if pathfinder was number one instead of D. that uh, would have been a big shake-up i think we've seen a certain amount of structural change potentially mm. in a lot of creators certainly in the sphere i'm aware of are like well we could use ogl or we could use all or as I'm going, yeah, I could do that, or I could use Creative Commons, because yeah. that seems like a much better plan for me. I don't know. Um, I might change my mind in the future, but currently it seems like the best choice. Mm. So there's like a lot of people just like going off that way, and there's a lot of people who had their livelihoods directly threatened, and they are choosing to withdraw their support. Whether this affects Wizards of the Coast in the long term, I don't know. I'd be quite interested to see how Dungeon Master's Guild is getting on. And yeah, it's like, you know, 
Uh, what what has happened? Are there any lasting cultural ramifications? We shall see. I don't know. But, but it doesn't look like it. So, yeah, yeah such is life. That's, that's what I mean as well. That's why I'm like, well, in the short term, the answer is no. Yeah. But I'm still very pleased that the community stood up like they did to protect publishers like ourselves yeah. uh, to make sure that scary legal things did not happen to us. Um, so I wouldn't say that the voice of the community didn't have an impact because it absolutely did. And, you know, getting out in the Creative Commons is a, was a really good thing. So yeah. just to say that. But overall, it is not affecting, affecting D&D's bottom line. Is the yeah. But I'm done talking about D and D now. Hey. Do you do you have any I've been talking a lot. Do you want do you have any tidbits of news or any Kickstarters or things you've been looking at you want to share? I'm a bit low on the old Kickstarters actually. Uh I normally try and get something into uh that I've I've made notes of and so forth, but it's just been really quiet. I think because loads of people have been at Gen Con. So Yeah, it's been the Gen Con time. Yeah. I have some news. Speaking of Gen Con, I oh, do have some news about Gen Con, though. Uh, yeah, uh, probably the only thing I have noticed is yeah. that the Marvel role-playing game uh, briefly was in one of the best-selling, quote, comic books uh, oh. on Amazon. So, um, oh, I can't remember his name. Nice. Chap who did that. We've had him on the podcast. I'm so sorry, I can't remember his name. Um, but yeah, he was very pleased with that. So I was like, yeah, that's quite a piece of him. A bloody good job. So, yeah. Excellent. But yeah, Gen Con happened last weekend. Yes. And... They have definitely recovered since the pandemic in terms of attendance because yes. um, 70,000 attendees attended this year because nice. that's what attendees do. They attend. Uh, but Thank this is record breaking. <laughs> I just wanted to explain because I said it I, weird and I wanted to try and smooth it over and now bring more attention to it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. But in 2019, they reported over 65,000. And hmm. so 70,000, this is a record breaking year for growth. So oh, the growth has recovered job. since yes. 2019 for the pandemic, which is great. Although I've seen reports that a lot of people have the COVID now after attending. Oh, yeah. Like, I'd let's say I'm shocked, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, if, if you've been, maybe just have a quick test just to check. Um, but anyway, so that kind of happened. Gen Con happened. The big, I mean, loads of stuff happened. There's been loads of news that we talked a lot about things last week. There's loads of stuff on EM World about new things being done. But the big controversy that happened... There was a heist at Gen Con. Yes. <laughs> oh, I say, wow. I say a heist. Somebody, I think, casually walked in uh, and picked up a pallet of Magic the Gathering cards and walked out with it. Yeah. And that was worth $300,000. I, I mean, I mean, technically, Jessica, let, 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 let's get this right. They took a pallet truck and they loaded the pallet of Magic the Gathering cards onto it. And yes. they rolled off, towing away a pallet of Magic the Gathering cards. Correct. Which, since last time I checked, Magic the Gathering cards were worth more than gold by weight. Is yeah. quite the heist indeed. It is. It's like, damn, that's a nightmare to happen to a person. It so, is. Yeah, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. But yeah, so no arrests have been made, but the IMPD have stated that they have two people of interest who live in New York. Mm. So I, I think they might find them. But, yeah. you know, I mean, there being... was also fairly good CCTV footage as well. Yeah, yeah, they, so, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, they're generic human males, which, as we know, are the like go-to baddie of any role-playing game. A man, no. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so that happened at Gen Con, but Gen Con's yes. really good for the city of Indianapolis. Um, yes. Also, they have confirmed that they're going to be having the convention there through until twenty thirteen. Okay. So they've uh, they've agreed a, a contract with the city to have that. Probably mean twenty thirty three, because twenty thirteen will be ten years in the past. I said twenty thirty. 
2030. Three, ah, there we go. Three, zero. Ah, yes. There you go. That makes sense. But yeah, and the uh, money stats aside, because we like stats this episode, uh, it generates 75 million in economic impact for local <laughs> businesses with Gen Con. <laughs> yeah. 75 million? But that wow. makes sense, because I was talking yeah. to a friend that stayed there, and they their hotel costs uh, to stay over Gen Con was $1,000, and they had a budget, like, cheaper option they'd gone for. And so it wasn't uncommon for people to be spending, like... And that's just your accommodation. Yeah, yeah. That's not any Ubers you send to get to and from your accommodation. Yeah. That's not food. That's not mm. buying your gate. That's Yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, So when you think about, you know, 70,000 people actually spending, you know, yeah. It's a lot. Was it seventy five million? Yeah, but that's seventy thousand attendees. But then you've got all the people that are working at the event. Yeah, yeah, all the people that are going there for it. So, are you doing the maths? I am doing the maths. Uh, What's that per? I would like to know the maths actually. So what's that? Seventy five million. Yeah. Yes. Uh, And seventy five thousand attendees. Seventy thousand attendees. Seventy thousand attendees. Sorry, thousand attendees. Yes, that works out. Quite reasonably, about a thousand dollars per person, massive menos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes that doesn't. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what can I say? If you're a big city manager who, <laughs> by terrible misfortune, is listening to our podcast, <laughs> uh, you sure you should get you start an RPG convention. I mean, can't argue with this. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But yes, that's. Yeah. That's Gen Con. Gen Con happened. I didn't attend, but I've heard people that did had a lovely time. Yes, yes. I've heard, I've heard some various things flopping out of it, so that's been quite interesting. Any awards also happened, because last yes. week we recorded Friday before the awards, you know, awards were given. So later we'll talk about all the awards and stuff and go through the winners and yes. talk about the games that won and our thoughts on that. So that'll be what we talk about. But before then, I have more news to tell you. What? Even more news? Yes. So speaking about wizards earlier, uh, as we do, I could tell you something kind of weird and shadowy. Oh. Uh, the Kickstarter for Shadow of the Weird Wizard. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hey. much it. So uh, Robert Schwab, and also if you're interested in this, we did a Not D&D episode uh, a few months back on it. So if you want to hear Robert talk about it, we'll put that in the show notes so you can have a deep dive into the game. The summary is it's a family-friendly spin-off of uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord RPG. Yeah. So it's a D20 based system. Uh, it's like more traditional fancy fancy setting. Yeah, and that's that's in in a nutshell kind of kind of what it is. And at the time of recording, the Kickstarter is just shy of a quarter of a million dollars. And it's got nice. 26 days to go. So it's open yes. until 7th of September. So this is going to be this has been really anticipated. I think it was voted oh. one of the most anticipated TTRPGs on the EM World forums for like 2 years in a row. Oh, absolutely. It's been a long yeah. time coming. Yeah, and people are excited about it. So I'm not, I'm, so it's deservedly doing very well. But yeah, and the, the character sheet looks very cool. Have you Ooh. seen the character sheet? I thought you'd be I interested. Seen it. I am always interested in the character sheet. There's a mock up of one on, I'll, I'll link you the, the Kickstarter page. If you scroll down to just below Quick Play, there's a character sheet example. I'm not sure if it's um, finalized, but it looks super interesting in the terms of the layout. Because it's oh, like okay. in the center, it's almost got like a, star pent- pentacle type thing with all the different uh, defense agility things like that and damage yep. in the middle and things like that which is i've not seen done that way before yeah and... it sort of reminds me of a i've seen that profile is this a bit like a d20 if you look at it from the side yeah yes there we go oh uh, that makes sense yeah that's yeah smart 
Yeah, that's nice. But anyway, designed by Nim Dewhurst. Um, so look to that character sheet. But that it looks like an illustrated character sheet, and I, I know you're into your character sheets. Yeah, yeah. So I thought. Uh, but yeah. So, so anyway, it's yeah. li- it's live on Kickstarter. So you can take yes. a look, and they've got a quick start guide, and it's doing super well. So it's definitely going to be happening. They've got minis as well. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I haven't had a deep dive in this, as you can tell, and they Ooh. have pretty much unlocked most of their stretch goals already. <laughs> um, so I don't know if they're going to add. I noticed they're using the British spelling for armor. Uh, so that's quite interesting. Oh, sorry, wow. I got distracted. Anyway, so stretch goals and more to add. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so how that, much does it cost to pack this bag away? Uh, PDF is fourteen dollars, and yeah. forty nine dollars uh, gets rule books, uh, quest, and stretch goals. Mm. There's a ninety nine dollar level for the physical copies of both the books. Right, 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 right. So between fourteen and hundred dollars, and there's uh, add ons and stuff as well. But you can just for fourteen dollars pick up the the player's guide. Oh, but if you've got $500 burning a hole in your pocket, you can mm-hmm. get all of that and four additional copies of Shadow of the Weird Wizard, the deluxe limited edition of Shadow of the Weird Wizard, mm-hmm. and three Kickstarter exclusive quests. Yes, so, I mean, uh, so it, it goes up from there, but if you're looking for kind of just the base, I just want the books and things, yeah, yeah. looking at $100 for that. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. yeah. Looks nice. Ah. Oh, they've got mini- minis as well. They do. Uh, for sixty dollars, you get complete set of the models for every five sets sold. You add a goblin to your pack. Oh, okay, yeah, nice, nice. Uh, looks like twenty-eight mil scale. Okay, sorry, got so distracted by things. Yeah, that's okay. It's just distracted by toys. Um, yes. Merch does than... help boost the value of a Kickstarter. Yeah, it does, but this was always going to do well, even if oh, it didn't do that. I think because yeah, yeah. everyone's everyone's excited about it. Yeah. But anyway, if you want more details on that, not D and D episode, does a deep dive on it, or check out the Kickstarter page, of course. Yes. Dimension Twenty. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, there. Is this one with like a whole bunch of trans women and or drag queens on? They did do Dungeons and Drag Queens, and right. it looks fantastic. Yes. Um, yes. Dimension yeah. Twenty. Um, so. There was, because they are part of Dropout TV, and some mm-hmm. of those elements are involved in the strike in the mm-hmm. US, and so they've been having discussions, but they have confirmed that production for the, for that network is going to continue, because okay. they're getting paid. of reasons. They're getting yeah. paid. Um, cool. So they were, there was a misunderstanding on the scope of the strikes, uh, but now they confirmed it's okay for them to ethically not impose, you know, not passing picket lines to continue to produce and, yeah. you know, still be supporting the strikes. Yada, yada, yada. Um, so, yes. Uh, and they also, they confirmed that they were going to continue production for things. So, um, shows are happening. And also, they promoted um, the Entertainment Community Fund. And that's a charity that's providing resources and emergency financial assistance to performance uh, and crew members that are affected by the strikes as well. Oh, so, if people were interested, yeah. um, that is there. Uh, but yeah, Dropout TV is going to start filming and producing stuff still. So you yeah. will still get your Dimension 20 shows. Um, there's lots of cool stuff coming there. Yeah. Um, but yes, um, Dungeons and Drag Queens. I haven't mm. sat down and watched the whole thing, but I've seen a few promo clips on Twitter and things. Yes. And it looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, and Brendan Lee Mulligan was talking about it and was saying how there's actually a huge overlap between RPGs and drag because it's all mm. about performance. And a lot of classic fantasy is quite camp. Like if you look at Conan really? the Barbarian in a loincloth with like... What? furry things and like an oiled up chest <laughs> and it's like it's quite camp uh, uh, and you also I mean, get like chainmail bikinis yeah. and all that you know what i mean it's if, very if, drag it's very camp if someone swear that at pride i would be like oh okay, exactly exactly yeah so they lent <laughs> into some tropes with that yeah. and uh and it was really interesting because also some of the drag queens i think most of them hadn't played D before so yeah. it was interesting watching 
uh, somebody new come to it and have a different take on it without any of the baggage that some of us would have. Yeah, because I think, you know, if you play RPGs a lot, you have certain expectations and things you know and expect. But if you're completely new, you can have a fresh take on it. Um, So, yeah, so I'll probably watch that at some point. um, That's my plan. When I, mean, I Dimension have... 20 has been spoken of very highly to me. I really should get yeah. into it. Yeah. But I just haven't. Just have... Well, that yeah. happens. That happens. Uh, if you oh. do actual plays, and I say you, the listeners, not you, yes. Peter, um, and you are plays. looking I to should. use Level Up Advanced 5th Edition, uh, yes. we'll be interested in sponsoring you. So if you go oh, to yeah, EMworld, awesome. if you go to emworld.live, uh, there's a sponsorship page there where you can read more about it, what you get for the sponsorship, and how to apply for it. Um, so just anyone listening that is producing and making their own actual place for level up we would love to support you um but yeah let's put that little plug in there sweet and i think that is most of the big news that i have yeah sounds good yeah that's it i'm done Woo! good stuff it's barriers and barrels time do you have your character ready oh uh, not quite i've not settled in my character class yet oh uh can i help what, what are you thinking of well, I have this new book, see? Uh, it, you know, it has a whole bunch of new player options in it. Oh, I just love how Barrows and Barrels just keeps getting better and better. No, no, right? Um, anyway, so my initial instinct was to go for the Quizard. Uh, the what, then? Uh, the Quizard. So it's mm. like a wizard, but it oh. deals with its enemies by asking an increasingly complex series of trivia questions. Oh, no, no, that's just silly. No, I don't want to say Quizards in this campaign. Oh, you're no fun. It's not about fun. It's about verisimilitude. There weren't a game show host in the Fellowship of the Ring. Fine. Uh, well, okay. There's also the dentist. Uh, I know Barrows and Barrels 403rd edition is a little more simulationist than the previous iteration, but I'm going to say oral hygiene is a step too far. Oral hygiene is important. Yes, undoubtedly, but it is hardly heroic fodder for a high fantasy adventure. Uh, what else is there? Um, there's the corpse. The corpse, and that is. Oh no, that that is just a, like a dead guy. Uh, okay. Uh, no. The clown. Uh, no. The pacifist. Interesting. Tell me more. So it's a class that refuses oh. to engage in any combat whatsoever. What? Not even self-defense. No, it must resort to wordplay and uh, generosity of spirit. Ah. Hmm. And how, pray tell, do you feel that such a character would fare against the? Demonic whores of Asbareth? I see your point. You know, but you can't just keep saying no to everything. I'm keeping an open mind. But so far, this new book of yours isn't exactly impressing me. There's the Stan, the Sans Serif, and the Spoon Druid. And the Spoon Druid is? Which is like a Moon Druid, oh. but with spoons. Mm, mm. I don't even know how that makes sense. Look, are there any any classes at all there which have at least a vague passing acquaintance with plausibility. Okay, uh, oh, what about the Exploder? Uh, makes their enemies explode in a ball of fire? No, it just, um, uh, it explodes. Themselves? Yeah. Uh... Okay, I'll concede that's probably like a short-lived class. Uh, what about the Brad? You mean Bard? No, Brad. Keep going. We've got to reach the end of this ridiculous farce at some point. I don't, I don't know what you mean. Don't know what I mean. Every single so-called class that you've mentioned has been completely lacking credibility. What's next? The late sleeper? Maybe you'd like to play a mime. Well, there is this one. It's the indefinite article. Uh, I don't even dare ask 
look, what's wrong with the regular classes? You know, the fighter, the rogue, the wizard. Oh, they're just a bit boring. You know, the game's moved on. Like, players expect a bit more variety in their character options. Look, there, there is a line. There's a line between variety and there's complete absurdity. And you, my friend, are way over that line. Oh, fine, fine. I'll, I'll play a fighter then. Oh, a character who fights. Original. Oh. Well, at least it's a bit more believable. Right. Okay, let's begin. You enter the dungeon and find yourself confronted with... <gasps> what, what, what? A giant, brightly coloured snail with four tentacles tipped with mace-like clubs. Oh, and, and, and this bizarre-looking creature is called... The Flails Nail. Got to be kidding me. Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash Morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget, patreon.com slash Morris. Can I go now? So... The Annie Awards happened last week, but at the time of recording, they had not happened. (laughs) So because of how time works, we're going to talk about them now. You mean we can't report in the news before it's happened? Correct. Well, surely that makes it the olds at that point. Not yet. No. Time machine. Still working on it. Yeah. Just waiting for a good thunderstorm. Let's mm, go. mm, Yeah. Anyway, so I'm not going to go through like a long list of... All the nominees and everything. Yeah. But I'm going to pick out some things uh, that we can talk about and things that we know. Uh, there's a link in the show notes to the full Any Awards website. We can see everyone and everything and links to all the games. So if you want to buy or check out or support any of these creators, you can do so there. But there are the judges' spotlight winners, mm. which are some winners they have spotlighted. Five yeah. of them, which will be worth talking about, I think. And I was yeah. very excited to see one of them uh, was a game that I have and that I'm playing right now. It's a solo game, Void mm. uh, 1680 AM by oh. Ken Lowry. Nice. And Banalist Games. Yeah. And I was really excited to see that got a Spotlight Winner Award. So it yeah. is a, it's a solo RPG where you yeah. are like a radio DJ and it's you basically it's meant to explore the relationship you have with music. Um, and so you have different playlists that you play and in between you're like, you know, talking about the different songs or, um, you have people that will phone in and make requests and things. And so you will have to search through your own personal music collection as a player to find something that fits that. Uh, and so it seemed like a really cool, um, spin on a kind of solo RPG experience. Cause it's, yeah. if you enjoy sitting, listening to music, creating playlists, this is great for that. Yes. And. A thing that they did, that, and, and that I've got a not D&D episode on this that so you, you can learn more if you want, uh, but the community has created audio files for listener questions, and there's a whole link on the Itch site where you can just Ooh. pick out other listeners to put in your game, so you can play and listen to other people, and they're like your caller messages. So there yeah. is, even though it's a solo journey experience, there is, um, or an audio experience, because you'd, you'd say it and record yeah. it, you can still interact with the community and have different things on there. So I think that was really cool. Yeah. 
Okay. Yes, yeah, so Void at 16.80am as one of the judges spotlight winners and that's a game I have. And when we, we're going to do an episode talking about solo journaling games because I'm playing a few. So I'll bring in more details in then when I finished it. But I was really excited to see it get um, a yeah. spotlight winner. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very really good. Also on Judges Spotlight winners, yes. uh, we have One Breath Left by Stout Stoke Press. I don't know much about that one. Do you? No, no, I've never seen it before. Um... I've not played it, but the concept is, because I did a little bit of research for the podcast, I'm a professional, obviously. Um, so you're an explorer, uh, turning what happened aboard an abandoned spaceship, and you document what you find, but you have a limited amount of oxygen supply. So you don't want to like get lost. So what you do and what you explore is limited to how much oxygen you have as a resource. And yeah, it looks quite cool. And it comes with a cool pack and you get a load of cards. So, you know, like here at the, it's not HeroQuest. There was a version of like HeroQuest where you could build a dungeon as you go with tiles. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. But it's got tiles like that so you can explore the spaceship. And yeah, it looks quite cool. Okay. So I've not played it, but that, that was one of the spotlight winners as well. Yeah. We also uh, have, sorry. Oh, yes, yeah, so I was noting there's Dungeons of Drakenheim, mm-hmm. uh, which is from Ghostfire Gaming. It's designed by the Dungeon Dudes. Mm-hmm. And that is exploring a city that's been destroyed by an eldritch storm and goes from levels 1 to 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which is definitely a very promising sounding concept. Indeed. You know, another concept I love the title of? Yeah. Moonlight on Roseville Beach, a queer game of disco and cosmic horror. Yeah, uh, that is quite quite the list of people behind it mm-hmm. um, many authors yeah yeah uh alison cb i think lives over in uh, portsmouth so yeah that's uh yeah. people from all around the world but yeah queer disco and cosmic horror are two things that i'm very interested in so at the same time apparently with this game why not i can party find on, out party on cthulhu party on cthulhu. uh but yeah and also we have fae craft as well by exalted funeral as well yeah. um so Yes, congratulations to them. I believe they're, yeah, so one of the winners of the Judges Spotlight Awards. So I love their tagline for it is go big, go strange, go fey. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so um, it's loads of character options. You can create loads of different fey characters and different fantasy games. And it's got like different shape shifting fey giants. And um, yeah, looks very cool. I haven't I haven't played that one, but that, they're the Spotlight winners. So I wanted to mention them. But now. Let's go through the many different categories. So we have best adventure. Okay. And uh, Faycraft is a system neutral, I think. Uh, they say. We've got a D six 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 background generator. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. Okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes, you were saying. Oh, it's a companion and expansion to Craftwork, uh, Faycraft. Right. So you okay. don't need Craftwork to use Faycraft. They do pair well together. Like ah, yes. Yeah, fine uh, wine with a steak. Or like a nice bit of port and stilton. Exactly. Or <sighs> anything you fancy pairing with a nice Chianti. Okay, so long as it's not fava beans, it's fine. Well, you know. Anyway. Yes. Moving on. The best adventure yes. was the Vassan RPG Seasons of Mystery, which I have, and yes. I agree, this is a very good adventure. <laughs> <laughs> it has four yes. kind of adventures in it, mm-hmm. and I'm prepping to run this uh for a table um mm-hmm. and i love the vassan i love this the setting they've won loads of yeah. vassans won quite a few awards in different yeah. categories um so which i think it's really deserved because it is beautiful it's won the award for artwork um it also won um the product of the year as well uh, the mythic Britain version of it and yeah so this game i love how they approach 
fae and otherworldly creatures because it's mm-hmm. kind of approaches them with the understanding that they have a different morality and it's not just, oh, there's an evil monster, go fight it and kill it to save the village. Sometimes mm. it's like, oh, well, actually, the way you're storing your grain in the village upsets the local people. So here, do it this way and then they'll leave you alone. And it's So it's kind of a bit like a, a mystery opposed to just yes. go in and kill the monster, it's which is all, very cool. You know what, that sort of reminds me very much of uh, Exalted's vibes. Yeah. Um, Exalted is all like about visiting small gods, but it's generally mm-hmm. like... Go visit the small god, and they will tell you what's up. And then mm. uh, there's like sort of a very much strong social side before mm. um, any necessary yes. necessary ass kicking commences. <laughs> exactly, and there can be ass kicking. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but oh, of course, not the focus of the game. Yes, yeah. uh, and so nice bit of Nordic horror role playing, mm. um, and it's very pretty because it's by Free League. Um, oh, but yeah, the Seasons of Mystery is a very nice, pretty book. Uh, the the four different standalone mysteries adventures are really nice as well and they're nicely laid out well for me taking as somebody that's new to gming they're yeah. nicely laid out and the adventure spelled out to me nicely so it feels accessible to me as somebody yeah. who's not hugely experienced yeah. um so i i i was really pleased to see that do well for you know product of the year and also to be nominated in many other categories as well but yeah i don't know do you disagree with the the best adventure? Were there any others like because there are loads of other good nominees like there's Journey to the Radiant Citadel, Broken Tales, Unexpected Wedding Invitation. Um, I haven't like had a chance to to play uh, it, play right? any. I've not had a chance to play any. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I haven't actually had any of those. Um, oh, fair enough. But they like I know Journey to the Radiant Citadel we could on this podcast and the art to that is absolutely amazing. It is beautiful, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, um, but segueing into art, mm. best cover art was one. The gold winner was Historica Arcanium's The City of Crescent. Mm-hmm. And I was not familiar with this, um, but if you have a look on the link, it is the cover art is like a, a skull with a mustache on and like some yeah. swirly, intricate pattern around the background. Yes, it's um, it's got that sort of an arabesque and it's a skull with uh, vampiric fangs. Um, oh yeah the mustache was my main focus but yeah it also yeah, has yeah. fangs <laughs> you see that that's how they get you that's how they get you jessica it's like you're looking at the mustache uh, and then bam chomp um. <laughs> you know many many a person has been tricked by that but yeah and the silver one it was the swords of the serpentine artwork yes. which is a very cool one so you got a person like scaling a building and the background is like oh a, yeah, yeah. old city I'm surprised that the by Pelgrim Press. I'm surprised Souls of the Serpentine didn't win the best cover art, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with this. Um... Oh no, it's it's very yeah no the yeah. the gold winner is very good. Like yeah. I'm not, I just uh, I, it wouldn't like have had my vote. Pentagram. Like I, I I quite like it, but um, I suppose this probably would be before your time. But um, it kind of reminds me of a series of books called The Necronomicon by Brian Lumley, which basically had essentially a skull floating, various weird skulls floating mm-hmm. in the air. Um, and that was always the cover for the series. Like, I never yeah. really read it because it looked too scary for me. Yeah. And then years later, I read the first one. And I was like, oh, well, that's a bit horrible. So I don't want to read but that. Yeah. Swords um, of the. Fair enough. Swords of the Zerbstein is great cover. Yeah. Very dynamic. Lots of action. Uh, love yeah. to see it. That's. And I. Yeah. And that was. That got silver. So obviously, yeah, yeah. obviously really good. But that would have had my vote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, 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 who, who, who can say? I guess uh, our tastes are. Not exactly. The ruling aesthetic. Uh, I liked Zanadu, which has the metal glowing eyed horse. That was fun. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, oh, Shiver Gothic. That's uh, oh, and that's got a, that's got a regular vampire. Oh, I'm just trying to think what style that reminds me of. Uh, it looks a bit like Fiasco, the front of Shiver Gothic. Uh, right, okay. Do you, do you see? Do you hear, Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you've got that black, that really strong black and red. And a graphically also, contrasting, yeah. Yeah, and you've also got like like uh, a halo that um, they have around them as well, which uh, is also what's drawn out the eyes and fangs. So. But yeah, so, that was yeah. best uh, cover art. Best interior art went to the Vassan RPG, Mythic Britain and Ireland, which... Uh, free yeah. League? What? Free, yeah. Free, free League, League got very pretty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, I mean, I talked about Vassan 4, but I won't come back to it. But yes, it is very pretty as well, so that does not surprise me. Uh-oh. Best cartography, also Free League. <laughs> what? But for the Blade Runner RPG starter set. Wow. And I... Yes... I'm prepping the starter set to run. Again, look at all these games I'm prepping, because I'm going oh, to yeah. do it. From someone who, within my memory, has said, Oh, I'll never be a GM. I hope people got what it takes. Oh, I'll leave it for you, people. Goodness. That, I, I, I never said it's because it hasn't got what it takes. It's because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the Blade Runner RPG set, the handouts are stunning. And yeah, yeah the cartography really good. And it is Ooh. great because it is a mystery kind of game for your players. Yeah, so yeah. having these really nice handouts in the starter box set does feel really nice. And the visual elements of this game, I think, are really going to play into the gameplay experience. Um, and so I think that's absolutely correct that it has gold. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so still, I mean, I mean, so, let's be honest though. Like anything that's got into the Emmys is really good. Good, yeah. yeah. I mean, all There's of the like, nominees no you should definitely check out. We're just yeah. not going to talk through every single one because it would take so long. But yeah, yeah were you going to talk about Claw Atlas? Claw Atlas, yeah. Um, this one, oh, okay. That is a, a, red and yellow is a very strong theme this year. This is not sure how to describe it in style in terms of the cover. That is. Uh, oh, it's cartography. Okay, so the, it's got like a little map on the sort of like, uh, has the background of the cover. And that mm. is very much like one of those, uh, like sort of the children's books or like in a newspaper cartoon style. So it's almost like an isometric perspective, uh, with little hand drawn in buildings and so forth. It's, it's very cute. Again, I'm yes. trying to strictly, I'm failing to remember, uh, exactly. I've definitely seen that style before, but I'm failing to remember where. So, you know. But, I'm sorry, listeners, I apologise. My usual helpful descriptions are not here today. Fair enough. But the Claw Atlas contains, it's got 24 high-quality prints of maps, and they're all kind of black and white hand-drawn, really detailed little top-down looks at, like, villages, settlements, and things like that. look very, very cool. So that would be a good one to check out. Uh, The link for all of these is on the Ennies website page as well, which will be linked below, so you can click on that if you want to have a look at anything, because I'm aware we talked about visual things. Yeah. But getting away from visual things, Ooh. best electronic book. Yes, I'm really excited about because I love this game as well. Brindlewood Ooh. Bay. Yeah. Have you played Brindlewood Bay? Yes. Amazing! What a time. Uh, for people that don't know, it's like Murder She Wrote combined Ooh. with H.P. Lovecraft, and you play a bunch of elderly women. Yes. <laughs> and it's amazing. What a time. Yeah, Wait, yeah. what? What yeah. about your game? Is that a fair? Uh, we 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 were leaning more into the Midsummer Murders, which for those of you unaware yes, is essentially yeah. uh, a sleepy part of Oxfordshire which is uh, <laughs> plagued by an unusually high rate of murders. Every week. Yeah, yeah. We we just did the one off because it was like a special thing, so we had no real cathonic uh mm-hmm. stuff going on there. But one of the things I found quite interesting about it is that 
you have to propose solutions and the first solution you propose will probably not be the correct one because mm-hmm. there's sort of a random element to determining whether it works. <gasps> Right. Uh, so there's like a lot of procedural generation in it, which is mm. which is interesting. I think the idea is it's meant to be very low prep as well, so you can just come yeah. sit down and play and and go ahead. And I I do love the big trend in games now for a lower prep. You know, mm. running a game, I love that option. Obviously, that's great to yeah. have games that have a lot more prep, like for obvious reasons, like all the cartography and reading through yeah. everything for Blade Runner. But sometimes I, you I, just want to sit down and play a game. No, I absolutely. I am very much on public record to saying I prefer playing to prepping, which is like anything that mm-hmm. minimizes my prep time. I'm generally quite keen to take up. Yeah. But yeah, it's just what you just what you like playing really, and the ways to more efficiently use your time. Yes. So Brindlewood Bay, best electronic book, the gold winner, mm. and silver winner was Host and Hostility: Three Regency Call of Cthulhu Scenarios, <laughs> and I. Love Regency settings for things. I love Regency LARPs because I get to wear a pretty dress and flounce around. I oh, like them in role playing games because I like the uptight, repressed British element that you can bring to your character in a Regency setting. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Uh, what we've got here, we've got I don't know an Elizabeth Bennet type character. I'll say using my crazy. Oh, the cover art. Yeah. For the cover art, uh, she's clutching a candelabra and a flintlock, and uh, the Mister Darcy appears to be some sort of. Uh, well, tentacle fiend. Yeah, tentacle fiend. And uh, <laughs> she's blissfully unaware of the cruel trick that fate is about to play, her, play on her in terms of the tentacles sneaking up from behind while she's in a, a ballroom type place where I'm not sure the angles add up to uh, 360 degrees in all the right places. But yes, excellent book there. Yeah. Looking forward to finding out more about her. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's got some interiors shots. Very nice, very nice. But yeah, so they, they look like fun uh, yeah. little Regency Cathedral scenarios. Yeah. I'm going to move us on from best electronic book yeah. uh, to best family game slash product. Yes, yes. And I always find this interesting because I'm like, what makes a game a family game or not? The definitions are strange to me. But anyway, the gold oh. winner is yes. Avatar Legends, the role-playing game starter set. Oh, absolutely. Did, what, $10 million on... Yeah, my games. Yeah, absolutely smashed it. Um, we've had our copy through. Yeah. Oh yeah, I haven't. I haven't got a copy of it. What's What do you think? Have you had a chance to flick through yours yet? Or yeah, had a look? yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's powered by Apocalypse, so it's uh, there's a lot of focus on playbooks and so forth. But essentially, they've taken all of the lore from the Avatar animated series, say, including Avatar Legends Korra, and they've laid it out beautifully um it looks very nice there's like going back in time because essentially for those of you who are aware the avatar series is um there is a guardian who is the uh connection between the physical realm and the spiritual realm they're called mm-hmm. the avatar and they have mastery over all the elements normal people they get mastery over one element maybe if they're lucky and especially good and train hard because the avatar must learn all four powers and so the sort of the family of elementalists that they are born into, uh, the sort of genre, uh, that switches from generation to generation. Yeah, and it's a really quite well-written uh, children's TV programme. Yeah, um, it, the, the programme, yeah, mm-hmm. it's got some good messaging and interesting character stuff that's quite deep for a kids' TV show. Yeah, yeah but a lot of children like good stories as well. They do, um, like Bluey. Uh, <laughs> All right then. Uh, yeah, so uh, that like got its own dice. Um, yeah, great production values. Yeah, uh, I can absolutely see why people would be into that. 
Yeah. If they, if they watch it, then an uh, excellent place and like lots of uh, well-known names as well. You know, I'm going to say something that yeah. a lot of people might not like. I, I don't like Powered by the Apocalypse as a system. <laughs> I I just whenever I've played I've not run using it and from what I understand designing for it is very flexible and good which oh, is why there are yeah, so absolutely. many Pablo Apocalypse hacks because it's like, really friendly hundreds. to yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. because it's really it's really good you know tool set for designers to use but whenever yeah, I played yeah. it as a player I feel that the rules kind of get in the way of my role playing I don't ever feel like it supports what I want to do I always feel like yeah. It, I trip over the rules uh, in a way. Yeah, um, I, 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 I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, um, it's got a very, very strong core concept. Yeah. But that core mechanic, core mechanic of two d six plus tags, mm-hmm. uh, success, failure, and mm-hmm. partial success in between is strong. It is good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the thing, uh, like uh, what's it? City, City of Mists attempts to mm-hmm. move away from it with like a yeah. Mythos Logos split. Um, I've tried running it myself. I played in a fair few games, and yeah, I I I, find, I personally find it unsatisfying. But that means it's bad. It just means it's not for me. What yes. it does extremely well yes. is it's very focused on the general on emulation. So if you want to play four color DC heroes, Teen Titans esque, mm-hmm. then and you've got a group of players who are all committed to this concept, mm-hmm. and you play masks, you are almost certainly going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. If, however, you're like, oh, let's play a superheroes games, and not everyone has seen Teen Titans, and not everyone is signed up to that sort of roleplay, then you're probably going to have like a fair amount of incongruence around it. So mm-hmm. if you've got a bunch of people who know very much what they like, and they agree on what they like, like Monster Week Buffy. If you've got people who love Buffy, mm-hmm. then Monster Week is nailing that. No problems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that is also... Yeah, so... I had never seen Teen Titans, so I don't really go in for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Monster of the Week, I liked Buffy a lot more, so that was a lot easier for me to get behind. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to be clear when I say I don't like Power yeah. by the Apollo Games. That is literally, it's my preference. I, It is a good, it's a good system, yeah. objectively, just to, just to clarify. It's just, that's why <laughs> I have not picked up Avatar Legends. I probably won't, because... I, I yeah. don't know if we can describe something as a good system objectively in fairness. Um, well, got, okay, that's... Got, yeah, well, that, that's that's probably a bit beyond our... Yeah, goodness. maybe, but, but do you know is, what I mean? It, it is, is, good, is good design. It, that's what I mean. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. It, is, it is good design, it's good solid design that works for a lot of people and a lot of people really like. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe RPGs, saying objectively is... is RPGs yeah. are an art. Yes. And, like, it's, and we know it's art because we have emotional responses to it. Mm-hmm. And, like... Uh, it feels like neither of us particularly love how it feels to play these games, but yeah. they are—they—they they, they do have a lot of good so things. So many people do, though. Yeah. So like many can, other people love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and fair play to them. It's like yeah. you can, it does meet those criteria you were asking earlier, which is you can pick up and start playing. Yes, definitely. And it's very quick, and the, and, the instructions mm-hmm. to GM also excellent. Excellent. But that yeah. is Avatar Legends. Yes. Uh, which has won the gold winner for best family game product. On um, my games. So. Yes, loads of great authors on there as well. A whole bunch of people were involved in creating that, and it did very well. Next thing I'm going to talk about is the the Goblings. Goblings. (laughs) The Goblings. (laughs) So this is a 5e adventure module. Yeah. It's like less than $10. Hmm. And you're freshly spawned, mostly formed goblins. Yes, that sounds very cute. You're mostly formed goblins, known as goblings. Right, right. And yeah, you just run around doing silly things, trying to make your queen happy. 
Uh, and I see why this is a family-friendly adventure. Yeah, cute. 10 out of 10. Understand why I got silver. Well done. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, all I have to say about that. I haven't played with it, but looking through it, yes. And, and just like just based on vibes and looks, Colour My Quest is a colouring in book RPG. Mm-hmm. I don't need to say more. I, I think we've done that. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, um, even if uh, they're too young to understand, then, you know, or like you get bored, you can always just colour stuff in. And that is always fun. And so, sometimes yeah. a lot of adult players are like that as well. We all have that player at the table. Just give them some colouring to do. Keep them busy. Yeah. yeah that's just, time. just because someone isn't making eye contact is building dice house does not mean that they're not paying attention. Exactly. I will say. Yes. Like, they yeah, a bit of colouring to do. Like, uh, like little fidget spinner helps people focus sometimes. Yeah. yeah, it's easier for me to focus when I'm not doing eye contact because it's like mm. sometimes, sometimes, depending mm. how tired I am, it's like <laughs> you can either have my attention or my eye contact. You know, you, you, you can pick, but like <laughs> I can't always give you both. So if you see me Sunday at a convention, that's what's happening there. But anyway, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you know what is great yeah. about buying role playing games? Don't have to make eye contact for people. <laughs> What? Okay, not following that. <laughs> sorry, no, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> this is not a great segue. I was trying. No, I'm going to give up on it anyway. Okay. Best free game. <laughs> Best free game. Woo. So this is there's like five really great games you can get for free here. The Ooh. gold winner is the Root the RPG Quick Start. Ooh. I have not played the Root RPG, but the board game is super fun, and I like the world and the concept. So it might be something I check out. And this is free, so actually I might. I, I'm just going to get this. I'm going to get this now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the quick start for the Root RPG. So if you want to check it out and see what that Root RPG is before you invest in purchasing the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't have a huge amount more to say about it. I don't know if you... Um, Any thoughts, Peter? Well, Root, Root RPG, to refresh people's memories, mm-hmm. is... Uh, that's based on the board game, which is all about asymmetry and a bunch of separate factions of woodland folk, various predators, uh, owls and corvids, I think. Uh, I've not played the yeah. board game. People keep on threatening to run the uh, RPG for me, and they've not done that either. Curse them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, going. Um, I do know that uh, the itch server appears to have fallen over slightly, so um, clearly it's uh, enjoying the big hug of, well, we got out of Trincon, or maybe yeah. it's just my connections now. I don't know. You but, can uh, pick up PDFs on DriveThruRPG as well for Root mm. as well. So if it itches down and you need it now, if you're itching, to get your hands in a coffee. Hey! Uh, I'm, I'm so witty. Anyway, yeah. um, so they got best free game product. Uh, a lot of the free game products are quick starts and these as well, yes. but also in silver is Shrine of the Jaguar Princess, which I don't know much about, so I'm going to have a look now, actually. Yes, yeah, sorry. I should have said that was the one that's falling. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, my, I misunderstood. Okay, Shrine of the Dra- Jaguar Princess is the silver one of that. I don't know much about that. Congratulations to them. Yeah, um, I would expect there's a great deal of South American goodness going on from mm-hmm. trying game books. So uh, good work, uh, especially to Cersa Victory. Okay. Uh, fine job there, fine job. So we've gone through best electronic book, best family yeah. game, best free game. Now right. we just have a category that's best game. Yes. And, and yeah. the winner ah. is Fabula Ultima, the core yep. rule book, which is... Tabletop role-playing game inspired by Japanese-style RPGs, so JRPGs. Oh, okay. And I'm going to admit, I overlooked this when I first saw it come out. A lot of people said a lot of good stuff, but I am not into JRPGs. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. And that was my first thought. I was like, oh, it's for people that really love JRPGs. There's a lot of people that love that. Fantastic. Yep. It's great they have this, this thing for that. 
But the more I'm learning about it, the more I'm like, actually, this is, you don't, I think if you love JRPGs, this is obviously great for you, but I don't think it's a prerequisite that you have to be really into JRPGs to play and enjoy this system. That's um, good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because, yeah, because yeah, I, same. And so that's why I overlooked it. But the more yeah. I'm learning about this, they do have a free uh, quick start guide to download, which I might Ooh. download and have a look at. I think I might need to ask these folks to come on Not D&D to have a chat about it to get in more detail. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's got it's meant to be a simple, intuitive rule set, and it is inspired by JRPGs, but, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's getting really well-reviewed, really well-rated. I think I need to check this out and get over my, get over my <laughs> bias about JRPGs and thinking they're not for me, maybe. But, yeah, the cool. artwork's beautiful as well. Yeah. Uh, and we've got Trophy RPG. Uh, that seems to have done well. That's from the Gauntlet Gaming Community. That was... Online Collective. That is a very pretty RPG, and I'm surprised it didn't win some artwork and graphic design things. Um, okay. They've got some nice pictures. Uh, they're quite dark, just looking at I mean, it online. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> but I I don't know. I Maybe this is just my, again, my personal reaction to the art. I looked no. at this and I was like, well, this feels really interesting and brings you into, yeah. I don't know, like Trophy Loom cover, I really like. So that's the system agnostic, a system agnostic setting book, and because yeah. it's dark, maybe dark fantasy just appeals to me, and that's why these pictures are appealing to me. But I just, oh, yeah, I, when I say yeah. dark, I don't mean in the sense of thematically. I mean that I find it hard to see on my computer screen. Oh, thematically they're dark as well. A lot of them. Oh, but I, absolutely, yeah. which is a big plus. But yes. I, I was just saying that um, it's hard for me to see the art on the computer screen. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, so they. They won silver for best game, um, yes. and yeah, I, I think Trophy RPG looks really interesting. That's something on my on my list. I might put that on my Christmas list maybe. Um, yeah, uh, certainly one that I noticed, uh, which I've been very vocal with my enthusiasm for, didn't win, but you know, it's uh, okay. It's a very tough competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pasión de las Pasiones. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. The telenovela style. I have happily and will continue to defend this point that, like in many ways, my perfect game would be playing Lancer when you're yeah. in the mechs and Passion de las Passiones when you're out of the mechs. I mean, tough to manage, but I think it could be good Lancer. because it takes the role-playing and whacks it all the way up to 11 with completely overblown, overdramatic stuff. And then you get in a mech and do some really crunchy uh, role-playing and fighting. Times. Lancer was, uh, we had the, I had the interview for Not D&D this week as well. And they, you know, he, he was saying that, the combat and the role play are kind of separate things in this kind of yes. thing. So you yeah. actually definitely could do that, do different yes, systems. Yeah. So no, 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 absolutely. It's, uh, why aren't you fa- doing that, Peter? Uh, because I want to play in it, oh. and I don't think other people would like. <laughs> I don't think they would quite appreciate <laughs> quite yeah. such a heady brew. <laughs> I was also. You need I, the right group for this. Because I was saying I would like to play in that definitely for a one shot. So I was just going to say, why aren't you running it? And if you do, oh, please not, invite not me so. to that. Well, we we've run games at the club previously, and that one. No, the, what you just said, Lancer with passion, de la passionas. Yeah, it's very important to get those the right way around because passion de las passionas does not support mech combat. Which is fair. You can't expect a role-playing game to do everything. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah, get, get the yeah. row around. But that, I'm interested in that, actually. Yeah, but, 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 but Lancer, is, yeah, is an example of modal play, which is where you switch modes depending upon what you need to do. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that can be very good. And yes. And that's something that if you 
it's, it's, it, well, basically it's good design in my opinion. Anyway, I'll be quiet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, 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 I'm glad you shouted that out for best. That was nominated for best game as well. So yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. And uh, that, Brendan, Leon, Gambetta and friends. That so. looks very, very fun. Um, <laughs> best layout and design uh, is the Blade Runner RPG core book by Freely yeah. Publishing. So we're not surprised. And yeah. it, I have it and it is beautiful. Nothing more to say. It, yes, com- yes, good. Uh, and also in the silver one of that was Frontier Scum, which, what a name. Um, which, is, is acid, which is an acid Western role playing game. Uh, the quote is a game about wanted outlaws making their mark on the lost frontier. And it does look super cool from the cover. I've not seen the interior, um, but yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's a new Kickstarter upcoming for it, coming out soon, actually. Oh, Let's have sweet. a look at that. Um, i I got to say one that did catch my eye, just due to the title alone. Women are werewolves from Ninth Level Games. We, we are. Don't tell anyone, please. Okay. <laughs> what they put uh, out? It's in the media. Oh, um, it's just a joke, Jessica. Oh no. Uh, yeah, uh, and that's a game all about. Uh, it's a, it described itself as a non-binary card game, uh, which has uh, yeah, just about women turning into werewolves. But it's yeah. it looks intriguing. I can see it being quite niche, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it looks quite pretty. So. Yeah. Uh, leading on from Frontier Scum that won Silver for Layout, they have a Kickstarter which um, is Tides of Rot. Tides so that, of Rot? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, Rotting Tidings for Dredging Upon Rock or Tides of Rot. Frontier Scum is what it's called. Brace yourselves for Tides of Rot. That sounds interesting. So, that's up there um, to follow it and be notified on launch now. An auto-destructive, violent, and LSD-infused take on spaghetti westerns about wanted outlaws Making their mark on an unreal lost frontier, mm-hmm. inspired by such things as El Topo, Dead Man, and Bone Tomahawk. Okay, well, uh, I know some people uh, will be like, you know, if you're listening, you need to be playing this game, my friend. Uh, but for other people, uh, especially me, I'm like, oh, no, thank you very much. I'm going to give that a skip. Fair um, enough. Cody and Crow instead, maybe. Yeah, uh, if it was to run that, I would definitely give it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure how well I'd play. I'd role play a Native American, but presumably they have good advice about how to do that respectfully. They, they, yeah, they do because I think that well, was the thing that they were, yeah, because they wanted to go out to a wide audience and yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, a lot of people would have that concern and things. Um, yes. Anyway, so that was the best layout and design, uh, and then we have the best monsters. Ooh. We love, and the gold winner is a book that I have but have not read: <laughs> "The Runes <laughs> of Simbarin Bestiary." By Free League. So Free League have like wiped their enemies this year. They picked up loads of stuff. Um, so yeah, the Runes of Simbra and Bestiary, which is... Um, can I borrow it off you? <laughs> yeah. So it's for... No. Yeah, you can. Because oh, um, right? I haven't run 5e, I haven't played 5e for a couple mm. of years. Mm. I have. It's just sat on my shelf collecting dust. And it's obviously, you know, because it's for 5e, I've just mm. not been planning any games for it. So no. I haven't had a look at it at all. But I have been missing out. But yeah, apparently this has, you know... And also because I have the monstrous menagerie, I'm kind of like, eh, yeah, work, get, yeah, work my yeah. way through that first. Look at these weird wasp people. <laughs> Love them. Um, so that's what I'm about. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so mm. so I maybe I'll have to pick that book off my shelf. It's just yeah. right there and I can yeah. lend it to you. Uh, but that, they, they won gold. And there's also silver one. It was Fate Forge book five, Creatures uh, to Netherworld um, by Studio Agate. And the cover of this does look very cool as well. So there's sort of esoteric beasties and things in um, so this again, and this again is uh, for fifth edition. So it's 180 different creatures and encounters for 5e. So yeah, 
5e uh, beasts. I mean, they're doing a lot with those 236 pages. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. Uh, so it's a... Uh, yeah. I, I, I haven't obviously had a chance to read it, but um, if you're going to do Mythic Tales from Britain and Ireland, I've got to say, I am interested. Fair enough. Yeah. And then... Where should we go to next? Oh! Best Rules. I'll go to that setting. Um, so Avatar Legends, a role-playing game, won gold for the best rules. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay. I guess because they have modified the Power by the, Power by the yeah. Apocalypse style thing for the setting. Yeah, uh, like yeah. I've not played it. Um, but the silver winner is Rivers of London, the role-playing game as well. Yes. Yes, which I um, know had a lot of hype around it from Chaosium. And, and uh, a lot of people were talking about it last year at um, Dragon Meat, because that was in December. Yeah, of yeah. last year, and that was a there was a lot of talk there about that. So, and they won silver for best rules. Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to remember. Oh, that's right, and they're using the uh, basic role playing system, mm-hmm. uh, which is a strong price. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of best rules. Uh, Good job. So we're getting through. Um, I might take us through to the best uh, supplement that we have. These these are two yep. supplements I haven't played in. Uh, so we've got Barkeep on the Borderlands, one gold by Prismatic Wasteland, and then we have. have you, in... you played that? Did you say? No, I have not. I said I have not uh, played these, so I don't have a lot of time right. to play. But yep. Into the Cess and Citadel by Wet Ink Games is the silver winner there. So I'll take congratulations to them. I don't have these, and I haven't played these, no. so I don't have opinions. So I'm going to move us on yeah. to the product of the year. Mm. And the gold winner is, as I said, uh, Free League. Wipe the floor this year because it is the Vassan RPG, yeah. Mythic Britain and Ireland. Um, yeah. actually, if you if you can't tell, it's a really good book. <laughs> um, it's it's one worth picking up for. And the silver winner yeah. was uh, Fabula Ultima, the core rule book as well. Yeah, um, I, Fabula Ultima. Uh, yeah, I, that's why it. I should I should check this out. Yeah, I I mean that, this this is like some really strong competition. Mm-hmm. Broken Tales from Long Danville Publishing, Eldritch Overload. Yep. Terror and Codex from Weird Works, mm-hmm. Flabbergasted Wondrous Home, Household, Two Little Mice, Journeys Through the Radiant Sistle. I just got my household pledge from the Kickstarter and it's stunning. It arrived in the yeah. post this week. It's stunning. Ooh, nice. We did an unboxing unlo- online. I have not. Mm-hmm. Would you like Fair me enough. to? Yeah, right. Okay. Think, maybe, 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 well, I don't know. Uh, maybe like in one of your little videos, perhaps. One of my little uh, videos, okay. Not not on the podcast, no, not here. You're just here like cardboard being rustled and me going, ooh. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not sure how. Descri- you hold stuff up for me describing it. That sounds uh, they- awful. That sounds like the worst podcast ever. Yeah, you guys little videos. Uh, you say, oh, look, I could, I could, I could. Yeah. But yeah, mm. congratulations to all the any award winners, pretty much. Yeah. So. Um, qu- oh, by the way, quick shout out to Best Writing Any Award Winning. Oh, yeah? Swords of the Serpentine. Nice. Yeah, which has the uh, dubious distinction of having been played on this podcast. Woo! Yeah, yeah. so Kevin Culp and Emily Dressner. Excellent, um, excellent. Congratulations to them. Yeah. Kevin did Time Watch and Emily Dressner. If you, if you know the right place to look, you can still find her articles on Dungeonomics, which are by far the most entertaining and interesting uh, ways to run a 5e campaign that I have read, uh, which I intend to fully nick at some point. 
Fantastic. There is, I think we're coming to the end of our time, but yeah. there are many other award categories that we have not gone so through. Uh, so yeah. if you go onto the NE Awards site and there's everything is hyperlinked on there so you can go pick it up to buy it or find out more or download things. Like yeah. there's great things for best um, aids and digital accessories, um, yeah. things like that as well. Um, so like Be- Best online content. Linda yeah. Kodika got her I09 RPG reporting. They did. They got this there, yeah. Yeah, and uh, TTRPG Kids came in as a silver winner, so yeah, you better play to them. Yeah, so there's loads of categories and award winners there, so congratulations to everybody. I really like the NES because it's great for me to explore kind of new systems and see what's out there. And it's just nice to like celebrate and uplift people that work really hard and stuff. Yeah, and add even more books to your pile of shame. <laughs> yes. <it's>, yeah. <laughs> to uh, be red pile. <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, I will do some reading at some point. All right, yeah, point made. Yeah. I yeah, think... Um, with no. that, that is no. the end of this week's news. Next week, we will have Russ back, and Russ has some exciting stats and figures that we're talking about freelancer rates mm. in the TTRPG industry. Because uh, yes. we put that article out on the end world uh, the other week, and so we're going to talk about yeah. rates and for writers Ooh. and developments and things like that, because it's interesting for us in the industry. Yes, yes. Uh, and so, well, I mean, that's what we're covering with a little asterisk to say, so long as nothing explodes in the RPG world in the meantime. <laughs> yes, yeah, as always, the news we'll probably cut, If nothing explodes, we'll probably talk about that instead. All right, yeah. and uh, nothing went terribly wrong, even though Russ wasn't there. <laughs> no, no. <Okay. laughs> anyway, uh, see you all next week. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. And you know what I want to do this week, Peter? Is it plan to take over the world? No. Uh, I would like to talk about the things that happened in this week in the TTRPG space. The TTRPG news, if you will. Oh, well, actually, that also sounds quite good. I mean, if you're sure you don't want to plan taking out the world. But tell you what, we'll show that for maybe when we're not being recorded, because I always feel the best plans, the very best of world domination Mm -hmm. plans, probably not recorded and then broadcast to the internet. Yes, exactly. So off the podcast, we can talk about our world domination plans, and then we can also discuss our thoughts about the barbie. You know, we both have. Thoughts and feelings about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So we've got an agenda. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But the agenda for this podcast yes, that people yes. will listen to. Ah, interesting. We'll be talking about what happened this week in TTRPG. Yes. 